Authentic discipleship has its failures as well as its successes. And that is why this story is full of hope because the work of Jesus in the life of Peter really shows what Jesus can do through flawed disciples like us. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and Colin, you've called today's message Confession. So what exactly does it mean to confess Christ? Well, we're looking at exactly that today in the story of Peter, where he makes this great confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I think the most important thing to grasp here is that faith is confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's confidence in who he is, confidence in what he has done, and it's finding rest in what he is able to do for us. It's believing his promise. It's putting our trust in him. So, you know, sometimes people have the idea that, you know, faith is just confidence. Well, um, confidence in yourself would be the opposite of faith. Faith is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Now, what that looks like is wonderfully, wonderfully laid out for us in Peter's confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at that marvelous story in the Bible together today. So I hope you'll be able to join us in Matthew chapter 16 as we begin our message entitled Confession. Here's Colin. Well, I've called this series Authentic Discipleship because in the life of Peter, you have a true picture of what the life of a disciple of Jesus really looks like. Authentic discipleship has its failures as well as its successes. And that is why this story is full of hope because the work of Jesus in the life of Peter really shows what Jesus can do through flawed disciples like us. We looked at Peter's calling, the marvelous story of a miraculous catch of fish where Peter sees something of the glory of Jesus. And when he sees how great Jesus is, he becomes aware of his own sins and his many failures. And he says, Lord, depart from me because I am a sinful man. But Jesus would not depart from Peter. And he wouldn't depart from Peter because he came not to call the righteous, but to call sinners like us to repentance. And you may have felt that you don't belong anywhere near Jesus, but Peter's story shows clearly that Jesus wants to come close to you. Then we looked at the marvelous story of Peter walking on the water. The disciples were caught on, in a storm on the lake, and late in the night, Jesus came to them miraculously walking on the water. And Peter felt that this was a perfect opportunity for a new venture of faith, and he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, come. And Matthew, who was there as an eyewitness, records that Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And we saw this wonderful truth that Jesus Christ will give you all that you need to do everything that he calls you to do. Now, we're picking up the story today then in Matthew chapter 16, where Peter confesses faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice in verse 13 
that the story begins with Jesus asking a question about the culture. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, the Son of Man was simply a favorite name that Jesus used to refer to himself. And so Jesus is asking here, now tell me, what are people saying about me? What are the prevailing ideas about me, Jesus is asking, in your culture? And then, as now, opinions about Jesus were all over the map. Notice verse 14. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. In other words, there was no consensus about Jesus. No agreement. You could hardly have two characters more different than Elijah and Jeremiah. I mean, Elijah was known for his triumphs. Jeremiah was known for his tears. So the world never changes. The world is always in confusion about Jesus. But then having asked a question in general about the culture, Jesus now homes in on the question that really matters, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? And the you here is plural. So Jesus is looking at the 12 disciples and he's asking a question of the entire group. And Peter steps forward and he answers for himself, for the other disciples, and for all who believe in Jesus. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we're going to look at three things today. First, the faith that we confess. Second, the promise that we believe and third, the blessing that we enjoy. We'll spend most of our time on the first of these, and so let's look at this together. The faith that we confess. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I want you to notice first that faith is a believing response to Jesus. That's what we're speaking about today, a believing response to Jesus. Faith, in other words, is not self-confidence. It's not confidence in yourself, and it is not confidence in the church or in other Christians. Someone may be here today, and this may be your experience. You may say, well, actually, I have been disappointed by some behavior I have seen in other Christians. Or you, you may say, I have been hurt by the church. And I'm not asking you to confess faith in other Christians. I'm not asking you to confess faith in the church. I'm inviting you today to make a believing response to Jesus. And I want you to notice that faith is a believing response to Jesus in which we confess who he is in relation to God and who he is in relation to us. Who is Jesus in relation to God? Well, Jesus is the Son of the living God. Now, earlier in the gospel story, it is recorded that when Jesus was baptized, God spoke with an audible voice. This is what happened back in the Old Testament at Mount Sinai, when God gave the Ten Commandments and he spoke in an audible voice. When Jesus was baptized, it happened again. The scripture tells us 
that the Spirit of God descended on Jesus like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Bible declares very clearly that Jesus is the Son of God. That means that the fullness of God dwells in Him. The glory of God radiates from Him. He is the image of God. He is the exact representation of his being. That's the language that the Bible uses to speak about Jesus. And this is why Jesus was able to say to Thomas, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And on another occasion, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So to honor Jesus is to honor the Father. To trust Jesus is to trust the Father. To love Jesus is to love the Father. And to worship Jesus is to worship the Father. Christians confess that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That's who he is in relation to God. But who is Jesus in relation to us? We'll look at that in just a moment, so I hope you'll stay with us. This is Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and today's message, Confession, part of our longer series, Authentic Discipleship, looking at the Apostle Peter. If you ever miss one of our broadcasts, don't forget you can always catch up or go back and listen again online. Come to Open the Bible. .org.uk. There you can catch up with any of our previously broadcast messages. You can also find the messages as podcasts if you go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now, here's Colin. Christians confess that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That's who he is in relation to God. Now, who is he in relation to us? Well, you have that in these words of Peter that are before us today. Jesus is the Christ. Now, the Christ or Messiah, it's the same word, means simply the anointed one, which raises the question, anointed for what? He's set apart for a particular purpose. Well, what is the purpose for which he is set apart? And all the way through the Bible's story, what we find is that God is constantly engaged in three activities. He reveals himself so that we can know him. He reconciles us to himself so that we can be at peace with him. And he rules the world so that his plans can be fulfilled and so that his people can be blessed. And in the Old Testament, there were three kinds of people who were anointed, set apart, to advance this threefold purpose of God in the world. The prophets spoke the word of God. In other words, they were anointed for God's work of revealing. The priests offered the sacrifices. They were anointed for God's work of reconciling. 
And the kings, of course, who led God's people, well, they were anointed for God's work of ruling. So you had prophets, priests, and kings. They were the anointed ones who carried out on earth different parts of what God was doing in heaven, revealing, reconciling, and ruling. Now, all of them, the prophets, priests, and kings, were all pointing forward over hundreds of years to the anointed one, the Christ, the one who would fulfill all that they pointed towards, the one, in other words, who would make God fully known, the one who, by sacrificing himself, would reconcile us to God, the one who would bring in God's kingdom, the one who would deliver God's people from their enemies and bring them into the joy of life under his rule. And here, when Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? Peter comes straight out with it. He says, you are the Christ. You are the one to whom all the prophets and priests and kings have been pointing. You are the one who has come to do the work of revealing and of reconciling and of reigning. You are doing the work that God does in heaven right here on earth among us. You are the Christ. That's what it means. So for us to confess that Jesus is the Christ means three things. It means that you learn from Jesus as your teacher. He's the one who reveals the things of God to you. It means that you trust Jesus as your Savior, because he's the one who reconciles you to God. And it means that you serve Jesus as your master. He's the one who rules over your life. He's God with us. Now, always remember that confessing faith in Jesus does not mean that you have your whole life sorted out. That's good news, by the way. You don't have to sort out your whole life before you confess faith in Jesus. You confess faith in Jesus so that Jesus will sort out your life. That's how it works. Confessing faith in Jesus does not mean that you never have any doubts. It doesn't mean that all your questions are answered. Boy, heaven will need to come before we get to that place. What it does mean to confess faith in Jesus means that you embrace Jesus as your teacher, as your savior, and as your master. And embracing Jesus as your teacher means that you give up your right to disagree with him. The teaching of Jesus, in other words, becomes your creed. Even when you find it hard to understand what he says. Even when you find it difficult to do what he says. And embracing Jesus as your savior, well, that means that you give up on any hope you may have had of saving yourself. You see, when you embrace Jesus as your Savior, you're saying as Peter did when he realized the greatness of the Lord Jesus and he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. You're, you're saying to Jesus, I need you to save me because I recognize now that my life is so far from the life that you call me to live and I haven't got any hope of getting to the life that you call me to live and therefore I'm going to have to look to you and trust in you to give me what I do not have. 
And then embracing Jesus as your master, well, clearly that means that you give up your right to rule your own life. You recognize the right of Jesus Christ to direct you in whatever way he chooses. You're saying to Jesus when you confess that he is the Christ, you are the king and you call me into your service. So I am placing myself at your disposal, knowing that in giving up my life to you, that is going to be the way in which I will find it. So, again, confessing Jesus does not mean that you do these things perfectly. I mean, there's no, no, no perfect Christian on the planet. But what it does mean is that these are the commitments of your life, and they are non-negotiable. Jesus is my teacher. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my master. And that is what it means to confess that Jesus is the Christ. And I'm inviting you to join with Peter in making that confession today. To confess that Jesus is the Christ, that he is your teacher, that you will embrace him as your teacher, that you will trust him as your savior, that you will serve him as your master. That's what faith is. It is a believing response to Jesus Christ. Then notice secondly, very clearly here, as we think about the faith we confess, that it's not only a believing response to Jesus, it is also very wonderfully the gift of God. Now, notice what Jesus says in reply to Peter. And Jesus answered him, verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, let's look at these remarkable words of Jesus. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now, Peter has just confessed this faith in Jesus. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus' immediate response is to say, Peter, you're blessed, but you did not work this out for yourself. You didn't get this faith from someone else. The Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Now, as you think about your journey to faith, you will be able to think of wonderful people who have helped you along the way. And this is Mother's Day. I'm going to do something that I very, very rarely do, and that is I'm going to ask a question and ask you to respond with a show of hands here so that we can see what our experience in this congregation this morning is. So please, you know, I hardly ever do this, so please don't let me down with a half-hearted response on, on the one occasion that I do. But I want to ask you this question. How many of us in the congregation this morning, and I'll be one to put up my hand for sure, would say that your mother played a significant role in your coming to faith, that it, at least in some way did your mother open the Bible with you? If that was your experience, Raise your hand with me. Yeah, my wife is raising her hand here. Look, now, hold them up for a moment. I want every mother in the room to take a moment to look round at all these hands while they're raised. I want you to see the influence 
of a mother. Oh, by the way, if it's a grandmother, you can raise your hands as well. Oh, yeah, a few more are going up. Look at that. Look at that. The power, the influence of a mother, of a grandmother in our lives. And for those of us who didn't raise our hands, there was a friend. There was someone, perhaps a college, who opened the Bible with us. God works through means, and He wonderfully works through the means of mothers, grandmothers. He works through fathers. He works through churches. He works through friends. But here's what I want you to remember. However great the influence of your mother or friend or whoever it was that played a key role in your journey to faith, however great their influence in your coming to faith, you did not get your faith from your mother, your grandmother, your church, or your friend. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. So who did? Jesus says, my Father who is in heaven. Yes, your mother taught you. Yes, your friend helped you. But through that means, it was God who wonderfully opened your eyes. God who brought your dead soul to life. God who gave you a new heart that loves him and trusts him and desires to serve him. So here is the faith that we confess. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this faith is a believing response to Jesus, and it is also a wonderful gift from God. And I'm inviting you to confess faith in Jesus today. That's the faith that we confess. You've been listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible and the message Confession. And maybe as you listen, you realize you've never professed faith in Jesus before and you have some questions about that. If so, I hope you'll take the opportunity to seek out a trusted Christian friend or family member or maybe visit a local Christian fellowship. Talk to the pastor there. Ask any question you like. They'll be happy to talk with you and pray with you. If you ever miss one of our broadcasts, you can always catch up online. Come to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can stream any of our previously broadcast messages. You can also find us as a podcast. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. That's people just like you. And this month, if you're able to begin supporting us with a new donation in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a free gift. It's an Advent devotional, and it's called The Coming of the King by J.C. Ryle. Colin, what makes this book so special? Oh, two things. The first would be its theme. It's all about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, or rather I should say the comings of the Lord Jesus Christ, because it is both about his first coming that we celebrate at Christmas, 
and about his second coming that we anticipate with hope and with joy. So a book that just focuses us on the coming of Jesus is going to be a blessing. And the second reason that it is a marvelous book is its author. Bishop J.C. Ryle. He was a bishop in the Church of England in the 19th century. He is one of my favorite authors, all-time favorite authors, and especially in regards to the Gospels. He has some marvelous books on the four Gospels, and this little book, The 25 Readings for Advent, The Coming of the King, is selected from Ryle's writings on the Gospels. They're simple, they're clear, they're beautiful. They shine the light on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're faith-building, they're refreshing, and you will enjoy reading this little book during Advent. Well, we'd like to send you this book as our way of saying thank you for your financial support this month in setting up a new monthly donation for £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again soon. Faith will be formed in you as you walk with Jesus. It may happen over time as you listen to what Jesus said and as you look at what Jesus did. That's next time on Open the Bible.